Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, this week is the last week of Advent, Advent week number four. The theme of this week, as we already said, is love. If we only understood the love of God, it would permanently damage you. And by damage, I mean transform you in a really, really good way. Uh, Ephesians, this wasn't in my notes this morning, but Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, it says this. Where are we at? 17. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Father, we love you. We thank you for today, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as I preach about your love, your love, the love that originates with you, that we would have power. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to communicate to us the, the width, the depth of your love, God. How deep it is, how wide it is, how great it is, Lord. We ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and communicate to our hearts how much you love us. I can only speak words, but Holy Spirit, you can, you can translate that into hearts, Lord. So we love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Many times you and I are not good at giving love because we are not good at receiving God's love. How many know that you cannot give what you don't possess? You can't give what you don't have. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What's the most, most important? What is the greatest commandment? He answered this, Mark uh, 1230. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no, great, uh, no commandment greater than these. But how can you love your neighbor if you have not personally received a revelation of the love of God? Uh, I like the way that uh, Mike Bickle says it. He says it like this. A lover will always outwork a worker. A man in love will, out, will work harder, or a woman in love will work harder than anyone who's a worker. A lover will always outwork a worker. The reason why many of us do not have a sustained labor of love in the Lord is because we have not received God's love. Many times we're working to be loved instead of working because we are loved. Right? Are you working? Are you laboring to be loved? Or are you working? Are you doing things for the Lord because you're loved? I can assure you that the latter is a better way to live. The title of my message today is called Beloved. You are the beloved. We are the beloved. The definition of beloved is a much loved person. But if you look at it, it's actually two words. Be loved. That's beloved. Be loved. You have to receive love. You have to receive God's love. All right? That's my message today. Be loved. Will you let the Father love you? Or are you going to be prickly like a cactus? Will you let the Father love you? Love will transform you through and through. We all need love. We're all made for love. You were made for love. You were made to experience God's love. Um, here at City Lights Church, we have a vision that you guys would be the lights of the city. 
And our goal isn't just to come in here and have good services, although services and meetings are very important. I love this. I love getting together. Our main goal really isn't to have meetings. Our main goal is that you would come in here and be transformed, know who you are, and shine the light and love of Jesus everywhere you go. That you would shine the light of Jesus in your world. What does that look like? One of the ways that looks is by knowing and understanding you are loved. That way people see that you have something that they don't have, right? It's knowing you're loved. How can we say we have light if we have never come to the revelation of God's love for us? Okay, so I believe God wants to deepen that today. We need to be good receivers of his love. I want to play a video that... um, demonstrates how I think a lot of believers are and how love will transform us. So go ahead and roll that video. We will try later again, and we will be very good friends soon, yeah? Poor guy, poor guy. Transforms the human heart. 
Phoenix was bad at giving love. He was really bad at it, right? Phoenix was bad at giving love because he was not used to receiving love. When he got used to receiving love, his mind was renewed. He became a new dog. He became a new creation. Now, some of you are like Phoenix. I'm saying God loves you, and you're like, yeah, but when's the other shoe going to drop? And you're scrappy, right? I feel like as a pastor, it's like I'm always trying to communicate the love of God, and people are always resistant to it. And so I brought a glove today. (laughs) Oh, God loves you, my son. Oh, we'll try again later. Oh, Oh, we'll try again later. God loves you. God loves you. Some, sometimes the sheep bite, y'all. You got to be careful. <clears throat> sometimes people ask me, are you an expository teacher? And uh, no, I'm not really known for being an expository teacher. I'm more of a topical teacher. Actually, more than an expository teacher, I would say I'm like a suppository teacher. <laughs> If you don't take your medicine the natural way, we have other methods around here. <laughs> okay, done with the, I'm done with the glove, I think. So we need to be good receivers of God's love. You guys need to be good receivers of God's love. The world is abusive, right? The world abuses us, right? But God's love changes and transforms us. I feel like another thing we're always fighting against is this, this uh, view of God that's like Zeus. He's, he's up there and he's ready to strike us. He's ready to crack down on us. God is a father. He loves you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to be open to him. He wants you to trust him. Okay? So how do we become better receivers of God's love? Point number one today, personalize God's love for you. Personalize God's love. Realize God doesn't just collectively love us. He individually loves you. Let me illustrate. Um, I love my family. I love my wife. I love my daughters. But I don't just collectively love them as a unit. God does love the ecclesia. He does love the church, the bride of Christ. But he doesn't just collectively love us. He individually loves us. Amen? When you read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave You can read that and say, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, that if I would place my faith and trust in him, all right? The apostle John, he understood that God didn't just collectively love us. He he understood that God individually loved him. The apostle John referred to himself in his own gospel as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He put that out there a lot. He's like, by the way, I'm the disciple Jesus loved, okay? John 13, the disciples were having the last supper with Jesus. Jesus said this. Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples looked at one another at a loss to which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Hey, ask ask him who he's talking about. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? See, Peter, Peter was like scared to ask, like, who's he talking about? But he knew John had a relationship with Jesus. He was leaning back against Jesus. He's like, hey, 
John, why don't you ask him, right? John confidently asks, and he's, um, because he's leaning and he's confident on the Lord's love for him. Now, question. Did Jesus love John more than the other disciples? <laughs> no. But John had a revelation of God's love for him. He kept saying, I'm the disciple he loves. I'm the one that Jesus loves. Jesus loved all the disciples. He loves all of us. But John had a personal revelation of God's love for him. Okay? Um, so it's okay for you to say, I'm the disciple that he loves. I'm the disciple he loves. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the disciple he loves. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm his favorite. It's okay to say you're God's favorite because why? We're all God's favorite. But that's a person, to say I'm God's favorite, that's a personal revelation. I can say I'm his favorite. I know you're his favorite too. Amen? It's actually important that we verbalize this stuff at times. You know, Romans, Romans 10, 9 says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession is actually a very important thing. There are times in life where we have to verbalize this stuff and confess this stuff. I would say especially when you're in a dark hour. Confess when you're feeling condemned and that God doesn't love you and whatever. That's the best time to confess it. Thank you, God, you love me. Thank you, God, that you did send your son for me. Amen? So John had a revelation about it, but that's true of us all. We need to personalize it, okay? The Apostle Paul, he also personalized it. Look at this, uh, Galatians 2.20, he says this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, the Apostle Paul talks about this personal revelation that he loved me. He didn't just love us collectively. He loved me individually, okay? It's not just a collective love. It's an individual love. So that's point number one. Personalize God's love for you. But it takes the spirit of God. As I said, it takes the power of God to communicate this to our hearts. So we have to lean into this and let God reveal this love to us. Number two, receive God's love by faith. There are times where you don't feel God's love. Amen? It's, it's kind of a bad place to amen, but, but amen. I don't, I don't feel God's love all the time, all week. I mean, during a worship service, it's a little bit easier, right? But as Emily was talking about up here, we're not super Christians. We're just like you guys. We don't feel God's love all the time. Remember, you and I, we are in a spiritual battle. And there's actually someone who doesn't want you to feel God's love. There's someone who wants you to question if God loves you. And has he condemned you? And has he cast you out? And is he done with you? The enemy of your soul doesn't want you to know the love of God. Doesn't want you to believe the love of God. You and I are in a spiritual battle, okay? We have to receive God's love by faith. First John chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, God abides in him and he in God. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known and believed the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God is in him. Okay? Notice, he says, we have known and believed. There are times where you get it here. You can read it on the pages. Okay, God loves me. But you don't get it here. We have to know 
and really believe. It's important that we do both, okay? <clears throat> it's important to grasp the love of God, not with just our understanding, but with a revelation from our hearts by faith, okay? There are times, again, where we have to take a bold stand. There are times, that the dark night of your soul, where you have to take a bold stand and, and boldly declare that God loves you because the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to know this love. Why? Because this love will transform you. This love will make you want to live for him. This love will light up the world with the love of Jesus. Amen? Okay. Point number three. How do we become better receivers of God's love? Number three, place your confidence. Place your confidence in God's love. Your confidence in his love. Um, we just read 1 John chapter 4, verses 15, 16. Uh, and we have known and believed in. Um, the NIV says we have known and relied on God's love. We have known and relied on God's love. Okay. It's important for you to rely on God's love for you, not your love for God. <laughs> okay, I'm just helping you out. It's important for you to rely on God's love for you, not necessarily your love for God. Why? Because your love at times will falter. His love for you will never falter. His love will never fail for you. Okay? Look at um, love as John defines it. First John chapter 4, verses 10. This is a definition of love. This is love, not that we love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, love originates with God. God is love. It's who he is. It's not just something he does. It's actually the essence of his being. God is love. John boasted in, in God's love for him. He didn't boast in his love for God. All right. There was a disciple who boasted in his love for God. And this disciple got frustrated over and over and over when this happened. I'm talking about Peter. I like Peter. I think I'm like Peter. Peter's like impulsive, you know. He's like one minute he's like, you know, you are the Christ, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus would say, "Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but but my Father who is in heaven." And then Jesus talks about how he has to go to the cross, and Peter rebukes Jesus, which, you know, if you're rebuking Jesus, you're never on the right side of that argument, by the way. <laughs> if you're rebuking Jesus, you're wrong. I'll just put that out there, okay? Then Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan, right? One moment, Peter's like the guy who has the revelation of, of heaven. The next moment, Jesus is calling Peter Satan, and if, and if Jesus calls you Satan, you, you better listen up. You know, you're doing, some, you're doing something wrong. Okay, if Jesus calls you Satan. Okay, I like Peter. But uh, Peter had to learn uh, some lessons, all right? All right, where are we at here? Okay, Peter. This is, the, this is the apostle who many times boasted in his love for God. And God had to humble him, okay? Mark chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. Jesus said this. This is... Um, the night that uh, Jesus was arrested. You will all fall away, me, uh, fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, yes, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, 
you yourself will disown me three times. Verse 31, but Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. I will never disown you. I'll show you how devoted I am to you. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Let me ask you a question. Who was at the foot of the cross when Jesus was being crucified? Was it the apostle that boasted in his love for God or God's love for him? It was the apostle that boasted in God's love for him. It was John. John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27 When Jesus saw, this is Jesus uh, on the cross, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Okay. The disciple who put his confidence in God's love endured to the end. The disciple who put his confidence in his love for God is the one that faltered. Okay, now we have a choice. We can choose which one of these two we want to be. I'm picking on Peter a little bit here. And Peter went on to learn these lessons and became an amazing apostle. But we have a choice, the kind of believer we can be. Um, I don't know about you, but in my Christian journey, my Christian walk, when I, those seasons where you feel like, you know what, I feel like I've, I'm kind of doing good. Like I've got this. You know, like my quiet times are going well and I'm organized and I'm loving people well, reading the word and I'm doing all the, you know, you get to those places where you kind of feel unconfident. That is the time where, boom, you just fall flat on your face. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was still in my heart, right? Is this, am I just talking about myself, right? But I've noticed the times where I'm reliant on God's grace, where I'm reliant on his love for me is when his grace actually carries me. And I actually do live holier and cleaner, right? <clears throat> Proverbs 16, 18 says that, pride, says that pride comes before the fall. I think just when we think we got this, that's when we like lose our temper and blow up on someone and it's like, oh my gosh, what, was, what is happening? Am I even a believer, you know? John was confident in God's love for him. Peter was confident in his love for God. Okay, I'll conclude with this. Peter and John represent two types of believers. The name Peter means rock. And Peter did end up becoming the rock. The name Peter means rock. The name John means God is gracious. As many of you know, the law was written on tablets of stone. The rock. The law was written on tablets of stone. But grace takes the law of God and writes it on the tablet of our hearts. The law says, I must love God and I'll prove it. It's an external work. Where grace says, he loved me first and I'll receive it. And it's a transformation from the inside out. Okay. The law demands payment from bankrupt sinners. Grace empowers us to be transformed. Grace is reliant on God's love for us, not our love and devotion for God. John chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. This is resurrection day. It says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. 
So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved. John always puts that in there. The one Jesus loved. And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both of them were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I think it's funny that John, in his gospel, makes this notation that, hey, not only am I the one that Jesus loved, but I also am faster than Peter. (laughs) I outran Peter. Just want to put that in there. Right? I'm a better runner than Peter. Verse 5, he, speaking of John, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen that were lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along by him and went straight into the tomb because Peter's impulsive, right? He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, make make sure to slide that in one more time, (laughs) also went inside. He saw and believed. Verse 9, They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to be risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. I think it's funny that John said of himself, you know, I'm faster than Peter. I beat Peter to the tomb. Uh, And and you might think, well, was Peter bragging here? Or, I'm sorry, John. Was John bragging here? Um, But I think there's actually a, actually, I think there's a deeper revelation and a deeper meaning here. Remember something Harmony said in the class that we had on spiritual gifts. She said, God couldn't make the Bible infinitely long, so he made the Bible infinitely deep. Okay, here's what I think the deeper revelation is. What happens when the law gets in a race with grace? What happens when the law gets into a foot race with grace? Here's my point of this whole sermon. Ready? You will run faster and farther and live holier with the reliance on God's love for you rather than in your self-effort. Let me say that again. You will run faster and farther and live holier with the reliance on God's love for you and his grace rather than in your self-efforts. Pride leads to a fall, but reliance on God's love and grace for you will lead to a life empowered. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. Get it off. Throw it off. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on our self-efforts. Fixing our eyes off of how much we love God. No, it doesn't say that, does it? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? This is what John was doing. He was fixing his eyes on God's love for him. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Eyes on Jesus, not on ourself. A lover will always outwork a worker. A lover will always outwork a worker. Let God love you. Receive his love. Receive his grace. I promise you, you'll live better than the alternative. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for today, Lord God. I thank you for every individual in this room. God, I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place, Lord God. Would you pour out your spirit and communicate the deep, deep love of God? God, it is the remedy to the human heart. God, transform us, Lord God. Transform us by grace. Transform us by your love, Lord God. 
We just invite you in this place. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.